Yeah, welcome to the warm down. Uh, episode 20, game week five. Uh, my name's Dave. I'm with Rem and Dan today. Uh, going to discuss the three big games. Um, starting off with Chelsea versus Tottenham. And then discussing Aston Villa versus Everton. And then talking about Brentford versus Wolves. And as usual, we'll give you a rundown of the rest of the games, how it happened. And then at the end, uh, discuss what the table looks like. But the best place to start, Rem, your team got completely destroyed against Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on destroyed. Destroyed. A two call masterclass. Uh, so, what are you asking me? <laughs> How are you feeling? Oh, um, what should we go through the game first or? Well, now let's, let's let's talk about how you're feeling right now, because uh, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> before we go into the game, innit? Um, see, see if you recovered from that um, humbling at the lane. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was dreadful. It was it was shocking. Um, first half was positive, to be honest. Like, not like the slickness. <clears throat> Like sliding through a team and, and creating chances like you want in it, do you know what I mean? But we played some decent stuff. Um, we played a weird kind of formation. It was like 4 3 3 when we didn't have the ball. Harry Kane was slightly out on the left. And then when we got the ball a bit, it just turned almost to like a 4 4 2. It's just a bit, it was a bit of a weird kind of formation. Um, he started with. Yeah, I was shocked with the start. I was shocked with the, the lineup. But it's not like Nuno. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, I mean, he he gave a first Premier League start to Romero. He was partnered with Eric Dyer, who returned after last weekend. He got he had to come off injured. Um, Emerson Royale made his um his first start at, at the lane. Um, regular left back, midfield Hoiberg, Lacelso, Deli Ali. And Undenbele started his first game. And then Son and Harry Kane. As I said, in what order, I don't even know. It was, as I said, it was a bit of a strange kind of formation. It was like a 4 3 3, as I said, with Kane and Lacelso, either side of Son. Um, was I concerned by the starting lineup? I mean, Spurs fans would have been happy, all Spurs fans, I think, happy that um, Undenbele started his first game because we've lacked a bit of creativity. We let someone who just does something different. You know what I mean? And um, and then La Salsa, I mean, La Salsa's one where the fans, more and more I'm hearing a lot more fans come out and say that they think he's useless. I think he's a good player, like, and, um, well, and anyway, let me, let me, let me talk about the match first. Anyway, so first half, it was kind of even. Um, Probably they had the best chances, if anything, but nothing, nothing great, nothing that you can hugely remember. For us, I remember Lacelso slipped in sun, he took a touch, and it was a little too hard. The goalkeeper came out and, and smothered it at his feet so he couldn't get a shot off. Um and yeah, there wasn't too much, so it was positive because Chelsea are a good team, you know what I mean? Um, and they they lined up as they usually do, that that three, four, three. Um and at half time he made a sub. He took off Mason Mount, he brought on Kante. And then the formation kind of switched where Kante now joined in the midfield. 
So that free midfield now where I thought, I understood why he was kind of doing that because I felt at times Jorginho and um, Kovacic weren't really influencing the game. They were getting smothered, they were getting closed down, they were getting pressed. So Kante came on and to be honest, second half is like one team came out, the other did. We might as well just jammed in like and just stayed on our seats like in, in, in the locker room because we came out, they started sharp to be honest, the first five minutes and you're like, Jesus Christ, they look on it now. Like, Kante's come on. It's like, they must have had a rollicking from the manager. Like, and our energy just completely went. Our energy in the first half was really good, really impressive. Um, and then, yeah, they got the first goal from a set piece. Poor defender. I mean, from where I was sitting, I mean, I haven't seen on a replay. A lot of people have been telling me Deli Ali what he was doing. I don't know if any of you felt can confirm that. But, Deli Ali was meant yeah, to be marking, a, I think. Um, yeah, he was supposed to. Yeah, let him go a little bit. Yeah, and then he was free as a bird and, and he powered his header in. That was 1 0. Um, and then, as I said, they just grew with confidence from there. Our confidence went down. And I don't think it was long between the first and the second goal. Kante took a shot from the edge of the area. Just one of them, he just found himself in space and just thought, fuck it, might as well hit it. No one's kind of closing me. Took a deflect, big deflection off Dyer and went in off the post. That was 2-0. And to be honest, I didn't see the third goal because I went over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it was Rudiger. Um, oh, was it yeah. Rudiger? Yeah, Rudiger got I'm the third. I'm it's got Timo Werner for some reason. I yeah. know oh, it doesn't. No, that's his assistant, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, he got the assist, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's the story of the game. Um, as I said, first half we were there, second half we wasn't. I thought the game, uh, the, the lineup was kind of positive, considering like Nuno's not a, an attacking type of manager. Like, you know, he had an Dembele, he's coming, brought him back. He had a good game at Rennes, throwing him in there. The formation 4 3 3, I think he was just trying to match the energy from Chelsea in the first half. And it kind of worked because you had a couple of chances in the first half. You know, I think Song had a, an opportunity, but they, you know, Chelsea really struggled to, to deal with the pressure that um, you lot were kind of giving them. And I think if you had scored, I think Nuno's plan was trying to get a goal and then maybe sit back, but it didn't work out like that. And obviously the second half, yeah, bringing off Mount, I think he kind of made an example out of, you know, taking him off because he weren't doing, he weren't happy with the way the, the uh, first half went. To bring on Kante was a stroke of genius, I think. They kind of just overworked you, overran you, and, you know, the goals kept, kept on raining in from there. But, um, I was a bit surprised that Nuno didn't, from that point on when Kante came on, he, where you were getting overran, that he didn't bring on another midfielder to kind of combat that, maybe a skip or maybe haul off Ndombele because, you know, he, he was kind of fading a little bit in the second half. Well, he, he did to... do that, but by the time he did that, we was 2 nil down, which is, yeah. is difficult for a manager because when the first goal goes in, what do you do? Do you give your side five minutes to react? I, I think that's logical to do. And, he gave them that, but then by the time we knew it, it was 2-0. So at our mark, we were 2-0 down, and then he made the changes just a couple of minutes after that. He brought on Skip, and he brought on Hill, and took over Lo Celso and Nobele. Lo Celso obviously had that training camp in Croatia after the Argentina stuff. Um, yeah, and Nobele hasn't, hasn't played too much football, so it was understandable why he came off in a way, but I mean, 
how to talk. For half an hour about about certain individuals and stuff and like Lasso. as I said, as I was going back to my point with Lasso, he gets a lot of criticism as I'm hearing. I'm hearing a lot more, and um, people question what does he do. But the the thing is about Lasso is Lasso, you can trust he he work hard. He mm. work hard. He put slide tackles in. Um, to be honest, maybe this is how poor we are. He. He kind of has to play because you can trust him in the in possession of the ball. We're passing more than most other people that we've got, and and whether you think he's great at it or not, and at times I I, I think he's he's been kind of lackluster. But the difficult thing with Gio is that he hasn't really played consistent football for us ever since he signed. He had one period under Mourinho late in his first season where he started every game and towards the end of the season. Um, but he's either injured or, yeah, he gets injured, regains himself, looks good in like a cup game, gets his team, his players back in the team and then he gets injured again not long after that. So he needs to get a consistent run because for me, he's in our best 11. I, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Um, especially if, if you talk about creating chances, him and Undembele kind of at this point have to kind of be in the team somewhere. But as I said, we've got Skip emerging who works hard as well and puts tackles in and, and stuff. And, and you've got Hoiberg who's always going to play. But Deli Ali, I mean, I think I spoke about Deli Ali before. I, I, he's just lost it. He, he's just lost it for me, man. He, he's just not got. Nothing. What I don't know. Like he works hard. He's working hard. Sorry, under Nuno, getting that back, to, getting that back to his game, getting that back in his game. But other than that, like creativity-wise, he is useless. I'm sorry. I think it's time for him to be moved on. I, I when when there was talks of him getting a loan move last January, I was like, he needs it. He needs it. Give him six months somewhere. It was he was linked with PSG. If he managed to somehow get that move, give him six months. Let him have his six months at PSG and see what happens after the, that loan period. If he does great and PSG want to pay money for him, take it if it's good money, because that's the problem. And I think that's where the the vision of the club is with Daniel Levy. He wants to sell people for money. He don't want to feel like he's been robbed and. Deli Ali three four years ago was what had had um like a potential superstar status in England, and that's gone way gone now. So at that time he was you were talking seventy million, high sixty million if you're gonna buy it. Now no one ain't gonna pay above twenty million for it. Do you know what I mean? So as I said, I. After the Champions League final, a lot needed to change. And I know I've said this a hundred times. A lot needed to change. The, uh, things should have happened and they didn't. I'm not yeah, saying Deli Ali should have leave, been one. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. But I'm not saying Deli Ali should have been one where he would, we were going to push him out. But he was one that had to be told that you've got 12 months to improve your form. And then we're going to start debating your future. And, and that is... And I think that's acceptable because that would have been two quiet years. And, and if at that stage we were a Champions League team, you can't afford to have a player who 
was a main piece in, in the puzzle to be weak for, for, for over 18 months. You can't have that, man. You can't have that. Um, and as I said, I just hope Nuno learns lessons. And one of the lessons is that Deli Ali isn't good enough to start for Tottenham Hotspur. I'm not saying he shouldn't be on the bench, but he should not start for Tottenham Hotspur. He's not good enough. I think the problem is if you start, if you look at your squad, who else can come in who can come and, and do the jobs that what Nuno wants? Because I'm looking what at the Harry. What well, job is that? What, well, I'm guessing to be compact, uh, kind of keep you know me, keep it tight in the midfield because that's what Nuno, that's Nuno's game. If you ask me, who would you rather, Deli Ali or Lasalso? Lasalso, easily. But is he going to give that commitment in terms yeah, of he does. defensive side? He, he does. Under Mourinho, he was doing it. He was tackling, but as, he started his career as a defensive midfielder for PSG when he was young. You know, what I mean, he's played in a lot of positions, so he knows roles like. And this whole thing with, with Nuno, the obviously the whole thing was trying to be exciting, but you know what? And, and changing the formation. And listen, if you're comfortable with sending your instruction and comfortable with your team playing free at the back, play free at the back. Mm. At the end of the day, you Klaus, um, sorry, Chelsea clearly show it. You can play free at the back and have some some attacking threat to you. Yes, we understand that they've got great players, a great squad. But if you find your system and you're a manager and you're confident in your system, you said, no, I can make three at the back work for us attackively. We'll be strong defensively and we have the players. All they need to do is step up. And at this moment, as much as you could say he's a negative manager or whatever, the players that are influenced in attackive areas have been poor. Harry Kane, even yeah, Son, go on to that. even Son, even Son. There's been a couple of times his touch has let him down. And, 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 and you know what I mean? Like the first game against City in the first half, he had numerous chances where he was in good areas to do something, to set someone up or get a shot off or, or, or get a half a yard. And, and he didn't get it. He didn't do it. And um, they have to step up, man. They have to step up as well, as well as the manager. Yeah, I get the impression in it with um with Kane. He just doesn't want to be there. He just doesn't. His performance was poor. I know he was drifting a bit to the left, and I know I know Nuno brought him off, but I just get the impression that he just doesn't. Off. Did he not bring him off? I thought he brought him off. No, he, not, he played him on the left or whatever. But um, yeah, he played him kind of get... on the left, which was weird. Which was weird. He got no pace. But obviously, he wasn't playing as a winger. Nah, but he that's how it like looks. Inside forward, he was just kind of floating a little more to that left-hand side, but, I mean... It, it, it seems his mind's at, mind's at um, it, obviously thinking about that Man City move. And well, I that's going to be the easy thing to say, isn't it? We don't know that. We just know that he's playing shit. So whether that is... Listen, he has to play football. He has to play football and he has to, to, to put effort in. Either that or then he don't start. Because he wasn't... He wasn't starting for us in the first two games and and we got six points. So once Sun's back, Lucas is back and Bergwijn's back, there's no excuse. If, if Harry Kane is not doing well enough, there's no excuse that we shouldn't go back to them three up front. But do you think Nuno will do that though? Obviously if Bergwijn and, and Mora come up, he is, he, is he brave enough? That. I don't think he, he wants brave enough to, to drop that. Kane. I don't think he wants to do that. And, and obviously, it will be a big thing to do. 
I just hope he has the minerals to do it if he has to do it, innit? Because if 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 his form continues, he's not grabbing a goal. It's not even a grabbing a goal. He's not doing anything. He's dropping deep. He's getting on the ball. And he ain't finding them passes that he was doing last season. He's not doing anything. He's just getting the ball. Dilly dally. He looks up for a pass, takes 10 years, and then runs out of ideas and has to give away some give a simple part. Um I don't want to just talk about Tottenham because if you want to speak on Chelsea, you can speak on Chelsea. <laughs> no, I don't mind talking, but I'm just saying people don't want to just yeah. hear me. Just nah, nah. Go, yeah, balance, balance, isn't it? Yeah, Chelsea looked impressive, man. I mean, especially second half. Um, certain individuals, I thought Kovacic was amazing. Kante when he came on. And even though Lukaku didn't even score, his contribution, his build-up play, his eagerness to kind of the link up and get involved, that was quite impressive. And the back line, I mean, to play free at the back and, be, you know, and be exciting, you know, still be able to be defensively organised and still play that way. I mean, kudos to, to Tuchel, man. He seems like he's adapted very well to this, you know, being a manager in the Premier League. He's, you know, rotating his team when it requires and bringing on the necessary players to make a difference, man. They look, they look impressive, man. Yeah, I mean, look, second half, they stepped it up. And you saw that with every single player, basically. Kovacic just turned into Kovacic of last week. He was skipping past people. He just couldn't give away the ball. He couldn't give away the ball. Um, Werner come on and could have scored twice easily um, Lukaku as you said he became more of an influence in the second half and, and yeah they just improved throughout in the second half every single player and they stepped up a level and in the end they got a comfortable victory but again brilliant management um, obviously let's be honest I mean you look at his bench I mean he brings on a world class player I mean Angola Kante on your bench to bring him on, but he's just Angola Kante is just an unbelievable footballer because he can literally do everything. Like obviously, technically, like with strikes and that, he isn't great, but he will run. He will run mm. forward. He will run back. He'll win the ball. He'll keep the ball. He, he does. He never does the wrong decisions. Hardly ever does the wrong decisions. Um. And he's his his um his attitude and his energy is just it's just contagious. It's unmatched, man. Yeah. So again, Chelsea very impressive. And um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, moving on to the next game, we're gonna to look to review. Um Aston Villa versus Everton. Uh good win for Everton. Oh, sorry, Aston Villa, sorry. Sorry, yeah, thinking about the Burnley game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Villa, Villa winning um, comfortably 3 0. Uh, what was your thoughts on that game? Um, the first half was very, very cagey. Neither mm. side really wanted to look like they were taking chances. Everton were a little threat on the counter attack. Just their final pass wasn't brilliant. Um, obviously, they. they no Calvert-Lewin, a few injury yeah, no issues, yeah. um, no Pickford, no Richarlison. So, you know, it was a big ask anyway, but first half, they would have been fairly happy. The away team, they didn't concede too many opportunities. There was one brilliant opportunity where the standing goalkeeper, Begovic, made a brilliant save at the near post from Mings out of corner. Um, that was the best chance. And then, as I said, Gray 
did a cross for um, the new striker, Rondon. Rondon. He was like inches away from getting on the end of it. And, but that was about it. The first half, real cagey, not too much going on. Um, second half, there, there, there was two situations. There was one, Gray was one-on-one with, who was it? Concert, I think. Concert was tight to him. Gray spun him. And it was the most blatant foul. And this was right <laughs> on the edge of the area. He was in. He was in on goal. And they gave no foul. Mm. No free kick. That was one. Then the second thing happened. Gray had an effort. Maybe just inside the area. Opened up on his right foot. Very close to scoring. Just went wide. And I think that might have been before Leon Bailey come on. Um, he came on what 61st minute get this right yeah 61st minute he came on for target so Villa changed and went for it in the back um, yeah and the game just I mean Villa got kind of down the right hand side um, Cash continues his run from right back um, poor defender from the captain Dinho on the day um, Cash got away from him too easy. Brilliant finish from Cash. That was 1-0. And then didn't take Villa long. I mean, it was three minutes later, corner. Ba- Bailey took the corner. <laughs> that guy again, Dinya, near post. Tried to clear it, but one of them, it was a great ball in. That pace on it, near post. He gets a flick on it, flies past Begovic. That was two. And then... But that Mings putting pressure on my man. Kind of forced that. Huh? But Mings would want to eat, then he put pressure on that because he was because at first okay. they were giving it to Mings, isn't it? The second goal. Yeah, yeah, because I did see him run off celebrating and I was a bit bad. Yeah. I don't even know if he That's had any I... pressure on him, to be honest. I, I can't really remember, but yeah. Um and then after the young goal, six minutes later, Leon Bailey, I mean, Everton by the I mean, Everton just fell to pieces, to be honest. Once the first goal went in, it just fell to pieces. It just looked like a whole different game. The crowd was on Villa's side. It was electric in there. They were loving Leon Bailey. Um, and then he burst through and then smoked it past Begovic. And that made it 3-0. And then... Well, I was going to say, his goal, when you look at it, it was like, okay, it was that touch. It was just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. And he yeah, didn't... Yeah, yeah. No placement or nothing. He just rusted. Yeah, <laughs> um, and... What like, did he get? He just, in the process. I think that it was um, afterwards and he was on a, he was chasing one down and then uh, he literally got the ball because someone else was down and everyone thought he was putting the ball out for someone else. He puts it out on him, bang, he just, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a little bit later. So what was he on the pitch? 21 minutes, 21 minutes, yeah, 21 minutes. Yeah. He got around the match, got an assist, <coughs> got a goal. <coughs> um, he was chuffed. He, he looked, looked very good, to be honest. Look at the looked electric and at home he would definitely excite that crowd. You know what I mean? I suppose um, you can see why a lot of teams, why he was linked with a lot of teams, and why they were kind of after him the season before. He's an exciting think, player to watch. I think he was even offered to teams this season, um, but a lot of them didn't want to pay that money, which was, yeah. maybe seems a bit weird. But I think it was some of the bigger clubs like Liverpool, Man United. Um, What's yeah, that? He went, he went to Villa, innit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, well, Villa had that Grealish money burning a hole in their pocket, so they're <laughs> like, boy, we can get this. Yeah. Um, what we, we spoke on the last episode about the formation. Villa went five at the back. Um, again, the same question. Going forward, do you, do you think they'll stray away from that? I think they've got to accommodate um, Bailey now. Well, as long as he's fit and stuff, yeah. Maybe play with four in the midfield, uh, change up a little. Obviously, Bondia is going to come back into the team at some point, so they can alternate. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're going to alternate from time to time. I think when they're playing against a decent opposition, I think, you know, like they played with Chelsea with a back five. So I think they'll kind of change it as and when. But, you know, you've got to get one of the flair players in because their midfield's quite. I mean, Douglas Louise, John McGinn, and obviously Ramsey, good players, but there's. They lack a bit of creativity. I know they've got the cash and um, target on the wing, obviously the wing backs, but I think you need that creativity from Bailey or Bundia to come in and help the forward line as well because the forward line's decent, should get enough goals anyway to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To I, I, I feel like um, the five was more of a... Off of the back of the, the dodgy results they've been having, Yeah, he was just like, I, we can't lose. So I'm going to set this team up to be... Not super defensive, but we're just not going to concede. Obviously, then you go into the thing, you get to like, when we get to like 60 minutes, then we're going to switch it up and then throw yeah, Bailey on or whatever. Yeah, but you yeah. just, you had, just had to be, had to be smart. Yeah, it's, it's it was, a 90 minute match, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Because, like I said, off the back, off the people started to talk about you spent all this money for how many games in and you look, ain't looked that decent. They was yeah. even talking about stuff about, um, Smith's job and stuff like that. It's like, come on. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, my bedroom sent me something like that. And I, I was like, if, if, <laughs> you get, if you get into if you get into like 10 games in and Villa have only won like two matches, hmm. then yeah, I can see where now saying, Rob, the money we spent, like to have two wins after 10 games is, is, is not really positive. You know what I mean? But what's that? Two wins? Is that... The second win now, this season, yeah, they've been. Yeah, I think so. so. It has two wins now already in the first five. Um, yeah, no look to push on from it. Um, as we said, first defeat for for Rafa. Um, yeah, I feel sorry for Rafa in it because obviously he's got that injury. Yeah, injuries injury he's had. Crisis, got mini crisis going on. Yeah. And, I, and I think. Um, Obviously, playing Rondon, you know, I don't know how much football Rondon has had since coming to Everton and see Berkovich as well, losing Pitford. So, making a couple of changes. Obviously, Awobi's come in there for Richarlison. So, yeah, I think it's an unfortunate kind of game. He kind of had to, a bit of a bodge job there to kind of get the players in and uh, for this game. But they'll, I think they'll bounce back in the next game anyway. They've got Norwich, so they're the whipping boys, so. Yeah, is there any news on any of them returning? Um, I, I potentially, I think Calvert Lewin could potentially come back. Um, come back in there. I'm not sure about Richarlison or um, Pickford, but I think there could a good chance of seeing Calvert Lewin um, yeah. on Saturday. All right. Um, is there anything more to speak about on this game? Yeah, no, it was, just, it was a good result from Villa, man. I, it, um, Let's see them like to see them kick on and stuff, but unfortunately, you know, their next game come to the come to Old Trafford, isn't it? So, oh, shit, they got you next year, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 
Maybe so, the, the game afterwards. <laughs> Boy. I don't know, they've had a little, they had Chelsea, then this Everton game, and then they've got you lot. If they could pick up four points from that, that would be very good. You know what yeah. I mean? Because um, Chelsea, to be honest, for long spell, they were really good. Um, yeah. Well, our, our game against Villa, uh, just to let you know, it's been moved from three o'clock to half 12. So there's two half 12 games on Saturday. Why? Ah, uh, some concert thing. Uh, at, oh, at, um, oh. at, the, at Old Trafford, the cricket ground in oh, the evening. Okay. So they want to move it early so they obviously stop congestion and all that. So they're not on TV? No, nah, we ain't on TV. Okay, good. good. Um, all right, let's go to the first game on Saturday now. Yeah, Wolverhampton against uh, Brentford. Comfortable win for Brentford at Molyneux. Um, yeah, really surprised by, you know, that, that result really. You know, Brentford really played well in that game, especially the first half. It's a bit cagey. Uh, you know, they created a lot of chances, Wolves, in that, in that first half. But defensively, I like the shape. You know, Frank has got their, their, their team playing, very organised. Everyone knows their roles and they, you know, had a, lot of, a lot of controversial moments in the first half um, with, um, you know, Ivan Tony, you know, a couple of goals that were disallowed. But yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah. eventually got his goal, taking it, take it really well. Becoming a good player, really, really key player for them. And uh, you know, the, the second goal came shortly afterwards. Um, on the on the, you know, uh, Raya kicked it out to to Tony on the left hand side. Kilman looked like he was going to get it. Then uh, ricocheted off off uh, Tony. Uh, Tony found um, Tony went down the wing, and then he found um, uh, Brian Mbembo. M- M- and he slotted it in Boomer, for this. Boomer. 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 Sorry. Sorry, whatever it is. Yeah. Sorry, no sorry. Way. No worries. No worries, but don't put some disrespect on his name. Yeah, yeah, put some respect, <laughs> Was he French, is he? Yeah, he ain't really French. You can tell his real identity, man. Hiding behind that French national flag, man, or whatever. But now listen, nice, nice second goal. Um, played really well, kind of took the sting out of the game. To manage the game kind of well. I mean, every, really, yeah. Wolves ended up putting it on them towards the end. They brought on uh, yeah. the South Korean guy, Wang. He kind of... I thought he would start that game. Did you see yeah. that? Now, nah, well, he nuts my man. And obviously, um, sorry, Brentford went on 10 men, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lose it. Baptiste got sent off for a second yellow. He did like a rugby tackle. Basically, he just dragged <laughs> man to the floor. <laughs> Some, yeah, he did. Some spear he there. Um, no, for me, I, I watched the game. I, I was impressed, man, with, with Brentford. Again, we know Wolves, what they've been, and it was kind of similar to that again. Missed opportunities. Um, getting into some really good areas and stuff, but just not really being clinical. Um, so what do you think is it with Wolves? Is it just, is it just bad luck, or is it Something you think you see something off. I mean, look, I think they're, I think they're something off. I, I think they're, I mean, the amount of opportunities that, that Traore went down that right hand side, crossing that ball on the right hand side, and there was no one in the Overhit- box. No, but he was overhitting, a overhitting lot. something, yeah, majority of them as well, yeah. But you know, Jimenez obviously coming back from his head injury and stuff. I think and, that's the one. I think that's the one. Yeah, I'm not saying he's gonna fucking do everything on his own, but he's your striker, isn't it? You know what I mean? And to be honest. 
he's not really getting too many clear chances. Do you know what I mean? Where before his injury, he was getting the clear chances. Like the, the, the good chances have fallen to Traore a couple of times, mm. um, Trincao a couple of times, you know what I mean? Even Samedo a couple of times as well. Um, yeah. I, I, think they're, I think they're missing Nieto. Nieto was key for them last season. I know he's oh, injured. He's, he's a huge miss. He's a huge miss because his emperor is quality. Quality. He's direct. He's, he's very good. He pull things on his own. He can make things for other people. De- definitely, but like they're looking fine mm. without him. The worry would be if they weren't making chances, but they are. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, that the Hawaiian guy looks looks a good player, man. Like, he'll be he'll get a start soon. I don't. I'm but not sure to. whether they'll take out um, Jimenez. Or try and, and find a way of making him and his and Hwang start a match together. Because I know against you lot, obviously, they were chasing the game. They brought Hwang on, didn't it? Mm. Was it against you lot? No, not you lot. No, no, no. It was... Um, who did they play last week? Watford. Was it Watford, yeah. Yeah, he, he came he on. He scored a goal, didn't it? Yeah, and Jimenez was still on the pitch. But obviously, they, they weren't really chasing together. I think they were winning 1-0. Or, or maybe he came on at 0-0. Um, and then this week, obviously, they were down two goals so they brought him on and got nothing to lose kind of thing so I had both of them up front at one stage they had Fabio Silva as well um, so they're all three of them but yeah it's a, it's a weird one with Wolves man because I, I think they they're looking decent man they're just not they're looking better than us but they're just not they're just <laughs> yeah not but it's that end product man there's just not enough people getting on the scoring putting goals in the back of the net and that's a concern I mean, you can play all the nice football in the world, but if you're not scoring goals and winning yeah, of course, of games, course. it's a problem, isn't it? And, and, and the more the games go on, if we get to eight games, nearly 10 games, and this is still happening, it's going to be a huge worry. You know what I mean? Um, Dan, what, what, what do you think is, is the issue from what you've seen? I mean, I don't know. Looking at Wolves, cause I remember with, um, when Nuno was there, obviously a lot of the thing came from the, the wing-backs. We would play and then and then uh, centre mid, but I think like you say, that Adama Traore, as much as a powerhouse and he runs and he creates, but he can't cross a ball for shit. He, he reminds me of um, not not his thing, but you know, like the way Walcott was could do everything to get past the man, do everything and then just come past him, mm. or do anything. So they're lacking a bit of. I don't even say they're lacking a bit of nuts because they've got some creative players, but they're just not playing them there. It's weird. Because if you look at their squad on paper, you go, they shouldn't be where they are. No yeah. way. De- definitely, if you look back on the statistics of matches they've played in, to forget statistics, if you just watch the matches that they play, you'd be like, how have this team got more points? Um, where the other side, Brentford, Brentford looked very solid at the back, very regular. Sure. Um, and they've got two guys up front who link up well. Impressed with, with the front two? Yeah, I like their work rate. I mean, Tony as well, his, his positioning, his link up play with him in Bembo, I mean, in Bembo's work rate as well. They just seem to me they, they bounce off each in boot. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, now both their work rate and 
it's 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 the whole team, it's the organization. Everyone knows where to be at the right time. And Frank has drilled it into them and they don't look out of place. I mean, I know obviously they're coming up from the championship, and obviously it's a huge step come from the championship, and they haven't really changed their squad. As most That's what I was about to say. It was a good thing of them not just going out and saying, let's spend all this money and bring yeah. in players and then upset the whole rhythm of the team. Besides a couple of players, they've kept it nice and a nice bit of continuity. Mm. It's definitely mm-hmm. worked for them. Because who's it? They added Mbumo. Um, uh, and was it Aya as well? Uh, yeah, from Celtic, yeah. From Celtic, yeah. Because Mbumo was from their um, parent club or something. Was it in Denmark or... Yeah, Mitchelland or something like that, yeah. Yeah, one of them. So, but to keep the, the majority of their squad in thing, it's definitely been a good move for them. But Especially considering last season, they had people... People were after a bunch of their players and they were like, we're not selling. And then yeah, they no, kept, but, it, kept it intact to, to, to make another run to get to the Premiership. Because they're, they're midfield, like, like Norgard, been really impressive. Very mm. good. Um, Yanel, is it Yanel? Yeah. Uh, the name. Very good as well. Um, they, they got your boy, the green, white, green, Frank. What's his name? Onyeka. Onyeka. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Don't know about them, man. Um, yeah. Let's see the Dominican man still, blah, blah. We move. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got a grenade and dude still. That's um, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. um, yeah, but like the back three, the, the new signing, what's the name? Aya. Yeah. Yeah. From Celtic, can it? Yeah. yeah. He's been very, he put a brilliant tackle in on the mm. weekend. Um, Pinnock as well has come up. And, and do you know what? To be honest, Pinnock was the guy. Well, I was kind of worried about Mr. I wasn't worried about um, Pontus Janssen. No worry at all. Yeah. He's always been a good defender. And I know it wasn't in the Premier League, but I just wasn't worried about him. Um, but I was worried about Ethan Pinnock coming up to his level. But you know what? He's, he's in his first five games. It's still early, but he stood up. But the reason why they've stood up is because as a unit, as a yeah. unit, they're very impressive. Very yeah, Rico Henry's been brilliant as well. I think he's yeah, he's, yeah, he has, man. He has. I mean, he hasn't been marauding down the wing, you know no. what I mean? But defensively, he's been doing his work. And even Canos, yeah, Canos is a winger and he's been asked a, a different type of job now, you know what I mean? But um, they're scoring goals, they, that's the thing with it. When you're, when you're a team that's coming goals. up from them, they're scoring goals and they're looking comfortable away from home, and, and that's it, getting points, uh, 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 you know, away from home and then. Looking good at home as well. They've got a bit of unity and look, they've got someone in Tony that's going to score about 15 to 20 goals this season. It's just whether they can maintain what they're doing for the rest of the season. I think they will. I think they've got enough goals in them, so we'll see. Right. Um, that's the, the three games that we're highlighting. Um, now let's go through the rest of the results. Um, Friday, this game caught me up surprised I didn't even realise it was happening. Um, Probably because Newcastle were involved. That <laughs> <laughs> um, no, joking. Um, Newcastle and Leeds um, at St James's Park made a one-one draw. Rafinha with a cross for it was Rodrigo and Rodrigo let it go and it went straight in um, for one-nil and Newcastle equalised through the man who's on the mission, a one-man mission. Um, St. Maximam, he's just doing everything for Newcastle at the moment. Um, he scored an equaliser. Nice goal as well, man. 
nice goal from him. Um, yeah, so one-one there. Um, still leads and Newcastle both looking for their first victories this season. I'm not sure if you lot are worried about Leeds in this early part of the season. Dan? Um, personally, um, no. I mean, Marcelo Bielsa, he'll get some. I, I'm, I'm not worried about the, the thing because, you know, they're going to play, they're going to be attacking, they're going to get some goals. So, I believe they'll be safe. They'll be, they'll be a mid-table team. In my opinion. Um, where are my fixtures? What is going on? Well, we said that early kick. Well, let's go for the free cut kickoffs on the Saturday then. Um, your boys, Arsenal. Arsenal made it two wins in a row, two one-nil victories in a row. They went to Burnley and, and came away with a one-nil win. Odegaard scoring the only goal of the game, a free kick. Dan, um, yeah, I was, I was actually impressed for a change. <laughs> Go, <laughs> bro! I was actually, I was worried going away to Burnley. Obviously, yeah, they'll give up possession, but they'll come and do something. But we did what we do. We we held the ball. We we had some pretty patterns, you think? But you could see the the change from the first three games. Mm. And then when, when Burnley put it on us, we, we rode it out. Whereas times before, you'd have looked at that thing and be like, they're going to score. Like we're going to give game. something up. Yeah, we're going to give something up. But I think it's the thing of having Gabriel in there definitely helped in the defence. Hmm. It looks like he's, it's a, a good partnership with Ben White. I know it's very early days, but it looks like it could work. But he, he was definitely a, a good, addition, um, good thing to bring back. Tomiyasu has looked solid, but I think as well, because he can play across all of the back four. Mm. He, he knows where, when, when he needs to, to, to slot in and this, that, and the other. Maybe yeah, you yeah. lose a little something offensively, yeah. but it's helped to, to keep it a bit more solid. Like, like I said, previous seasons, we would have gone up there and it would have been a draw. We'd just been... They'd, they'd have bullied us. And that's like, say, the, the Brentford game. So he definitely looked better. I might turn around and say, we're going to start winning the league or running for thing. I'm not getting that guessed yet, but I can definitely see the start of, I'm seeing signs of, of, of something that what we was all thinking was coming from, was going to, we was going to see from the Brentford game. Yeah. Um, then at Anfield, Liverpool took on Crystal Palace. Um, a comfortable 3-0 win for Liverpool. Um, Kater with the goal of the game I believe that, that was the final goal of the game um, but before that Sadio Mane scored his 100th goal for Liverpool and um, Mo Salah added um, a second before as I said Kater scored a brilliant volley um, as Liverpool win 3-0 what's that how many times have they won 3-0 already this season <laughs> um, yeah comfortable victory for them I didn't think Palace looked that bad to be to look like there was a smoke freedom. Yeah, I, I didn't really see the game like that. Um, so, yeah, I can't really comment, but 
look, they weren't expecting to get nothing from that. Anyway. No, I'm not saying that they thought they was going to go out up there and win and da but they've been playing some better football to, to, to think that they would than to look like they was going to get beat like that. And a side that maybe we thought wouldn't, wouldn't go away from home and get anything was Southampton because they went to the Ahead or the Empty Had as they're calling it nowadays. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, a goalless draw. Um, Man City had a goal disallowed late on. Um, but I think, was it before or after? I think it was after, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Southampton had a penalty that was given and then um, the ref went to the bar screen and reversed his decision. I I'm think sure. rightfully, rightfully. Yeah. I think on first looking, you say, yeah, it was a penalty. And he got a red card for it, Carl Walker, for the challenge. But, um, yeah, when you watch it again, you can see that Armstrong is kind of falling before it even happens. Um so yeah, nil nil, man. So Man City dropping more points early on in the season. Um, talk about dropping points, Jesus Christ! Norwich can't get any. They were at home against <laughs> fellow newly promoted side in Watford, and Watford went went to um, to Carroll Road and won three one. Dennis, Emmanuel Dennis, oh, yeah. Dennis Pookie equalised um, and then Saar got the three points for Watford. He scored double. Um, very good win for Watford, man. That's that's what you need to do. You can go away from home against expected to be relegation rivals and and newly promoted club along with you, then that, that's, that's a brilliant result for them. Um, then we go to Sunday. Brighton continued their very impressive start to the season, winning 2-1 at home to Leicester. Malpay and Walbeck put Brighton 2-0 up and Jamie Vardy pulled one back with an hour to go. They had about three goals disallowed Leicester yes. in this game. <laughs> um, all rightfully disallowed, I think. And then the other game that kicked off at two o'clock on Sunday was from <coughs> the London Stadium, West Ham versus Manchester United. West Ham took the lead through the deflected strike from Ben Rama. Cristiano Ronaldo equalized just five minutes later. And that's what's that four and three for him? Yeah. Um rejoined Manchester United. And then it had to be a minute. Jesse Lingard, a substitute for Manchester United, scored just before injury time. Um, lovely strike on his right foot. And the drama wasn't over. <laughs> I <nearly> forgot. <laughs> well, we have to talk about this. Yeah. Basically, a penalty was given by VAR, a handball from Luke Shaw. It was a blatant. Well, I mean, if... if Ben Davis, one was given against Ben Davis and this had to be given. It was a blatant handball by um, Shaw. He didn't mean to, but his hand was in an unnatural position. Ball blasted straight at his hand. Penalty was given. And then, David Moyes. Uh, that's the controversy, isn't it? Brought Mark Noble on to take the penalty. And he missed it. And De Gea saved it in the fifth minute of 
Andrew Dark. Um, Scandalous. What are both your views on that crazy decision? And by the way, Lanzini has scored in the Carlin Cup against Manchester United. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, you can start. No, I'm not going to lie. I was telling Rem. I got to about the 18... I saw Lingard score, so it was 2-1. I said, ah, screw this. I'm going to the kitchen to get some. Came back. Didn't even know there'd been a penalty. So, but, but then actually hearing about it, I think David Moyes was an absolute nut. I don't. I know he's he's the penalty taker. He's this that, and the other. And he, but the man, the man's been sat on the bench, ain't done nothing. He's not warmed up. You bring him on to take a penalty. Ridiculous. It's it, yeah, it was. There's an absolute joke. There's enough. There's there's other players on the on that pitch who could have taken the penalty, and would have tucked. Because the hair hadn't saved the penalty in seven years. So what the fuck? Okay, no. how, how could you not score? Someone oh, else could have taken it. <clears throat> yeah, seven goddamn years since he's saved penalty. <laughs> but well, you live and die by your decisions. But like, right, come on, West Ham. West Ham ain't gonna ain't challenge for no title. This and the other. It's not the end of the world for them. But. I think he'll, he'll think before he does it again. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy... I know a few of the players that have missed penalties in it. Mark like, man, man didn't learn from Gareth Southgate. Just don't do it, man. Yeah, that must have been a good brain. I don't know. I mean, obviously, their record has been kind of poor recently. I, I just think that just opens you up for so much criticism, man. Um. But they could have left with a point, and it's a thing. I mean, look, if they score, he's a genius. You know what I mean? But you miss, and you're a wanker, mate. And <laughs> sadly for him, he's a wanker. Um, David, if that was Oli, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if Oli. Oli could have freestyle. That's all. It, that's all. That's all it is. But listen, David Moy has done a West Ham legend dirty. Because Noble's loved by these West Ham fans, you know, it's his last season. I understand, like you know, the, you know his penalty record, but he's cold. He's off. He hasn't kicked a ball. I mean, you look at his heat map in the game. What's the penalty? So yeah, why on <laughs> why on earth would you leave him to take the penalty when you have got capable penalty takers on the pitch? It don't make no sense. It you know he hasn't played. He hasn't affected. He hasn't had the touch on the, on the ball. And you let him take a penalty in front of you, the fans like that, and the last practically the last kick of the game. It was only going to go one way, man. And Moyes, um, Moyes made a mistake. Boy, well, that's the week's fixtures, the week's results. Sorry, um, I'll just look at the table, sit in top of the tree. With exactly the same goal difference, goals for, goals against, are Chelsea and Liverpool, and both on 13 points. Manchester United also on 13 points, but um, with plus nine goal difference, where they have plus 11. Shut up. Um, and they make it up top four, <laughs> Brighton on 12 points. They've made a great start to the season. Fifth 
Man City, um, Everton joint with them with 10 points. Underneath them, 7th is Spurs, 8th West Ham, 9th Brentford. Top 10 is made up by Aston Villa with 7 points. And then the bottom half, Watford, Leicester and Arsenal all on 6 points. And coming back, boys. And then come Crystal Palace in 14th with five points. And my boy Underbele has just scored that bat. You. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, I lost my brain in fourth. Southampton, if I didn't say it, are in 15th. Wolves in 16th. Leeds 17th. And then the bottom three is Norwich, rock bottom, Burnley 19th, and Newcastle 18th. All looking for their first win this season. And as I said, Leeds are just above they are also looking for their first one of the season. So let's go to fixtures for game week six. It's a big week. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So massive. <laughs> first of all, Jesus. early start on Saturday from Stamford Bridge, 12.30. Chelsea welcome Manchester City to Stamford Bridge. As you said, the fixture has been changed and Manchester United also kick off at 12.30 and they're at home against Aston Villa. And then pretty clock kickoffs: Everton versus Norwich, Leeds versus West Ham, Leicester at home to Burnley, and then Newcastle go to Watford. And then the five thirty kickoff is Brentford versus Liverpool. Sunday, two o'clock kickoff: Southampton at home to Wolves, and at four thirty North London derby: Arsenal versus the mighty Spurs. I'm, I'm sorry. Some, I, don't, I don't know about the mighty <laughs> part, but... And then on Monday, Crystal Palace entertain Brighton. In a, they call that a derby, isn't it? But, the M25 derby. Yeah, M23, no? Uh, yeah. Whatever it is. It shouldn't be a derby anyway. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's the episode. Um, we'll look to get one more in this week. One more out before Friday. That will be a boxing one. I think me and Dan, we spoke about it on the UFC episode. Um, obviously, big fight between Joshua and Usyk. Um, we'll also talk about, I'm sure we'll mention it, that press conference between Canelo and Caleb. <laughs> I saw that. Um, Raul. And then, um, yeah, so yeah, we'll have that out for you probably we'll look to do that Friday and I said that will give me time to get out Friday so Saturday morning ahead of the fight you can listen to that if you want to um, respect Dave respect Dan respect people <laughs>